God's, Scott's brain is going to melt if Moon Man pops up one more time in his life. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I was going through some old Hot Wheels toys, right? In in the storage unit of where my mom works, or where I work too. Where I work <laughs> too. I reach my hand in, and I pull one out, and I'm like looking at it, and it's definitely a Mac Tonight Hot Wheels car from like 1998, which I was a little, like, this has gone past like ironic being funny now i'm like kind of concerned so i pulled that out and i was like what the hell and then julia sends me a text last night that somebody had like a at a museum or something i guess it was a vintage neon mac tonight sign and there's only two in existence and the second one is in the fucking mcdonald's museum and her boyfriend just had it one of julia's friends yeah yeah and i was watching the defunct land episode on it because i was watching the all the disneyland videos and defunct land has a mac tonight episode which i was disturbed about so i watched it and i realized that the song he's singing is called mac the knife oh the shark bay has such teeth deep and he shows them early white just a jack knife um, which is about a serial killer. Yeah, it's from uh, Three Penny Bobby, Opera. Yeah, it's like Bobby Darren like made it famous. And going back to the original thing, the the reason I remember him in the first place is because I had a recurring nightmare where he was a serial killer, and I had no idea the song existed until about a week ago. Apparently, Scott is um, God, is what I've learned. <laughs> and God's uh, losing his mind. No, uh, Mac. Mac tonight is my personal Freddy Krueger. Yeah, so that can be the cold open, I guess. Welcome to uh, Dark Home Hellboy <laughs> podcast and my own personal nightmare. I am Scott. I'm Sam. That's not what we watched. I'm Julia. I'm Mitchell again. We watched Nightmare on Elm Street this week. Sam, you picked it, so I, I guess we need to unpack, before we start talking about it, we need to unpack what you said at the end of the last episode about your personal trauma with this, so you want to just go oh, ahead and get yeah. that out of the way? I don't, I don't know a better way to tell the story than, I guess, so I was 10, my uncle, who I'm not related to by blood, so I, wa- I actually, actually, I watched this movie with a murderer, with like a future murderer, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it was me and my cousin, we sat down and we watched Alien, and like, that's like sci-fi enough that like it was kind of cool, but then we watched Nightmare on Elm Street because it was like, oh, you can handle Alien. Well, sure, you can handle this other movie, Child, that is not mine. Here, let's put the VHS in. And so we started watching it. We I got to the part where like it's like pretty. This movie kicks off pretty fast, which I didn't realize. Like like she is like being like dragged up the wall and like the blood is like smearing on the ceiling. Like when that guy's getting framed for murder by Freddy. I just remember like screaming and then they like turned it off and then I didn't sleep for two weeks and I like thought that like Freddy Krueger was like in my closet and uh, I got really sick at the time too 
and like I couldn't eat anything so like I just like kind of went like really really like thin and pale and like had like huge circles under my eyes for like two weeks <laughs> from this fucking movie and watching it this last week I feel so I feel like wow I was a dumb fucking kid because like, <laughs> this movie sucks so much we'll get into that won't we so this came out in 1984. Wait, doesn't Sam need to do the plot recap real quick? Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a new, right. new bit. You got 60 seconds, 60 Sam. Seconds. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to go, go from 35. All right, starting. Okay, so Nancy is this girl, and uh, she is afraid. Uh, no, fuck. The, the speed really does fuck you up. Okay, so there's this girl named Nancy. Uh, she's got three friends. One of them's Johnny Depp. Uh, her mom and her dad are divorced. Uh, her mom's awful. She's the worst. And uh, uh, there's this ghost man that's, like, chasing them. Not a ghost man, but it's, it's it's the ghost of his janitor guy from their dreams. It's fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. We're doing Nightmare on Elm Street. If you don't know what Nightmare on Elm Street is, just don't fucking listen to this. But, like, do listen. <laughs> How dare you not know what this is? Uh, it's this ghost man uh, of, a, like, a pedophile, but they didn't really, like, call him a pedophile, but he's, like, kind of like a pedophile murderer. Uh, janitor that their parents uh, kind of like vigilanteed uh, and now he's like taking revenge on them so it's all about how he tries to kill them in their dreams um, and uh, at the end he transforms into a car 10 seconds <laughs> the cougar mobile <laughs> uh, yeah no that was uh, that was pretty apt I think I don't know if I would add anything to that actually I am uh, so going to go in on the fact that a man is hung, but not by himself. And the fact that Freddy Krueger is a pedophile for like 20 minutes. Well, that's actually how Epstein killed himself. But anyways, I made that joke like six times during the movie. So yeah, 1984 directed by Wes Craven stars John Saxon, Ronnie Blakely, Heather Langenkamp, Amanda Wiss, Nick Corey, Johnny Depp. And Robert Englund. Yeah, I mean, that Johnny Depp one's pretty important because this is like kind of his first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but John uh, Saxon was the star power of it. Well, and, he was in the guy, the fascist guy from uh, Spaceship Troopers, the cop. That's like my favorite cop guy. Well, and John Saxon like was in uh, Enter the Dragon and Ten and Bray and a bunch of other shit. So, so this movie had a budget of $1.8 million. And it grossed $57 million worldwide. So in 1984, that made some bank. Um, yeah, everyone kind of knows this movie. It's kind of like one of the most famous slashers, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I guess we, that segue is pretty good into the first question. First of all, was anyone as an adult scared by this movie? And kind of the second part of that... Did you think it was good? Question mark. Sam, why don't you lead that off? No, wasn't wasn't scared. I think maybe there was maybe there was like one jump scare. Yeah, maybe there was like one jump scare. I did the thing uh, after I watched it where I was like, wow, that was the worst piece of shit that I've ever seen. Where I went and tried to watch the 2010 one, Oof. and I didn't make it like 20 minutes into it. Uh, but I think there there was a jump scare either in the first 20 minutes of that movie or somewhere in this where it was like kind of like it was like ah and then i like immediately felt like an idiot no it's not good it's no is bad is bad movie uh mitchell 
I really like Wes Craven, uh, the guy who directed this. I think The Hills Have Eyes is pretty good, and Scream, I think, is like one of my favorite like spooky horror movies. Uh, this movie's dog shit, dude. It's so bad. I, I thought it would be like at least like... I was telling Julia this when we were watching, like with Halloween, with Friday the 13th, with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like all those other big like early slashers, I would say like there's genuine value in watching those. I don't think there's value in watching this today. Like, I don't think it's weird enough to appreciate like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't think it's as well made as like Halloween or Friday the 13th were. There's nothing quite as unsettling as anything in that. So I just, I just don't think this movie has, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to get angry, or if anyone listens to this, they'll be angry. If one horror fans listen to this, I'm sure they'll get pissed at me. But like, How yeah, this is- How many sequels does this movie have? Like five? Like seven. Yeah. One of them was written by uh, Frank Darabont, who directed Shawshank Redemption and The Mist, which are two movies I really like. Julia, uh, what, what do you think? So, no, it's not scary. I don't recall any jump scares in it. And those usually get me just because I'm a very anxious person. But there were two very brief moments. One was like when the first girl that died like was haunting the girl with the poofy hair and her like there were like these tentacles that came out of her. And I was like, oh, that's actually interesting. Like I thought that that there was one other one towards the end of the movie, too, again, with that same girl coming back where it was creepy in a cool way. And I thought those were far more interesting than any of the Freddy Krueger stuff. And I thought they were objectively like creepier and more unsettling too. But no, it's not scary. And no, it's not a good movie. It's one of those things that you have to have watched to say that you know it. Because everyone on the face of the earth knows it. But I was genuinely upset that I had to watch it again. Yeah. um, No, I agree. Um, I mean, I think that there's some... So there's some good ideas like the the part where he's like he kind of like comes through the wall but like doesn't come all the way through and it's just like sh- the wall stretches yeah like, where it pushes cool the thing. sheet that was yeah, cool there were some here. cool effects for sure i like the marshmallow stairs personally yeah that was interesting i mean there's a couple cool moments but like it's not i wouldn't call it scary and then is it good i mean if you compare this with halloween i think halloween does it better at, at every at every level and that movie came out first so this is kind of just copying it so uh no i don't i don't actually think it's very good i think it's copying halloween yeah i think they saw how successful that movie was and were like well why don't you go make something like that i think maybe it does something because it's like it, it is paranormal there is no supernatural isn't. element to yeah. it yeah i agree um, but it's the same and that's i think that's actually the part that i like if we're talking about like the good moments in the movie where it's like, Oh, the tentacles coming out of her or him coming through the wall or the marshmallow stairs, like that, the dreamy kind of supernatural stuff. That's the interesting part of this movie. Right. I was kind of wondering, I have a question like is, so is it actually a bad movie in the sense that it's a B movie? Cause it made so much money. Like it does that. So is it like, here's what I is think it has B? happened again. And we talked about this with Blair Witch. This might have been scary in 1984, but we're so like callous to this genre of slasher movies and like Freddy Krueger is like everywhere and Jason Voorhees is everywhere and Michael Myers is everywhere. Like we're not scared of these things and I think that affects it. 
with Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween is I think I think Halloween is the best slasher movie. But I I, I think with Friday the Thirteenth, which I think you kind of got to compare directly with Nightmare on Elm Street because obviously Freddy versus Jason and they were both kind of the big supernatural ones. I think that that first Friday the Thirteenth movie is much better than this. I think the Tom Savini effects are really good. That fucked up kid coming out at the end and grabbing that girl is like scarier than anything that happens in this movie, I feel like. And those are both kind of like the 80s like slasher flicks, you know what I mean? Like it's it's Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think Friday the 13th is much, much more worth your time. And I'd say the sequels are also pretty good too to Friday the 13th. So that's my opinion. I'm a Jason and, guy. And weirdly, I think this movie is actually kind of hurt by its soundtrack. Um, yes. Oh my God. Can it- we please talk about that? It kind of gives it like an 80s vibe, which I guess like places it in time. But like you compare this to like Halloween and like the Halloween song, like it doesn't even it's it's not comparable. Like it it's a weird like synth soundtrack that's very bad and does not set any kind of like ambience. I mean, does anyone else? No, I agree. I completely agree. It's annoying as all shit. I I don't I'm just I'm just not a fan of any most things from the 80s. I found it distracting. And usually in a in a horror movie, like the music if anything is just adding to the sense of creepiness. This was literally just like it could have it could have been in in any other genre of movie and I feel like that's such a waste. So I was like, I was mad at it, not just because it was kind of obnoxious, but because it was like doing the opposite of what music in a horror movie should do. This was going to be the third question. I'm going to move it up here since we're kind of already talking about it. But like, what makes this movie so popular? Uh, Sam, why don't you go first? I genuinely have no idea. Um, I think the thing that I'll watch it again for now, because like I, I haven't watched it all the way through since I was... Actually, actually, I've never seen it all the way through until now, but I haven't sat down and been like, this is the movie I'm watching Like since I was 10. Having conquered my fear, I guess I can say that I don't understand why people like this movie. I know that I would go back to rewatch it now with the idea that I'm going to laugh a lot or get really mad and yell at yeah. it, and it's going to be kind of cathartic in that way. But other than that, I, I, don't, I don't get the appeal. I do get the appeal of Freddy, though. I like Freddy. I like Freddy a lot. Julia, what what do you think? I don't, do you know why? <laughs> no, I don't get it either. And I watched, the first time I watched it was because I was like 14, 15, and I, I, everyone references it, and I was like, okay, I need to know what it is. And I just sat down and I watched it. And it was less, I don't know, it was newer to me then, so I wasn't as critical of it. But this time around, I was like, I've seen it. I don't, I don't need to see it again. So it did turn into just laughing at it and having fun. And so I didn't necessarily want to just sit there and commit myself to watching this movie again, but I had fun with it. And I think there might have been an initial appeal because people thought they were getting another Friday the 13th or Halloween. Which one came first? Halloween. Halloween is like Halloween. The, what people call the first slasher. Yeah, then if, if it was if it was just to chase that hype is the only thing I would... But like technically psycho, but that's all another conversation. Uh, Mitchell, any any ad, ad additions there? I like I said, I am a big Wes Craven guy, and like if you're another Wes Craven guy, I think it's good to watch just for that because it kind of helps you piece this filmmaking together and that kind of stuff. But outside of that, 
and like be, being a cultural touchstone, I don't think it has much value. And I kind of talked about that earlier. Like I wouldn't suggest this to somebody if they're like, give me a list of like 10 essential creepy movies or slasher movies or like Halloween movies. Like I wouldn't put this on there. It wouldn't even be in my first well, I think 50. if you're talking about slasher movies, this kind of does need to be on there. Maybe it's just like one of the first couple, but it's not, it's not better than no, any but a of lot of things other that come stuff. after it are kind of, but that is it culturally significant or is it good? I'll give my two cents. I think it, this was before my time, so I can't say this with all certainty, but I think this must be nostalgic in, for some people. Like the teen culture mm-hmm. from the 80s is kind of being shown here uh, in all of its horrible glory. Um, obviously, Johnny Depp got his start here, so that's another thing. Honestly, like I didn't even recognize him. If I didn't know that was him, I would have not known that was him. I knew he was in this and we still had to talk about it and be like, wait, why does he look so white, though? Yeah, because I why remember... Why is he wearing that weird midriff shirt? The the crop top? Uh, Johnny Depp crop top. I was going to say that is a valid reason to watch this movie. Johnny Depp crop top. Well, I kept thinking of when he was in the John Waters movie Cry Baby. He's got like that stupid long greaser hair. And I kept thinking that's what he looked like in this movie. But no, he's just like a normal ass <laughs> dude. Like You don't yeah. know that's Johnny Depp. He's just some little boy. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of looked like the hair that he had in this movie was the hair of the character, like that his mom was. Uh, it looked like it had evolved, kind of like a Pokemon, onto his head. Oh. <laughs> she also had like a similar kind of poofy. Thing yeah. No, I know what you're talking about now. So the only thing I can think of is like '80s teen nostalgia. Maybe this was the movie you went on your first date on, or something. I don't know. That's the only thing I can really think of, and like, I don't know, like all of those ferris bueller type movies that we all like groan at now like somebody likes it so that's yeah no it's like this is the movie that you and all your friends watched yeah so maybe that's why anyway now we get to laugh at the 80s yeah we get to laugh at them go ahead Mitchell. (laughs) i was just gonna say that if you're going to watch a wes craven movie from around this time period in the early 80s uh watch this swamp thing movie that's like actually like kind of a fun b movie because it's a really bad man in a swamp thing outfit and it's Adrian Barbeau's tits walking around. So it's fun. Is it like the Alan Moore thing? Yeah, it's it's the adaptation. I don't know if the Alan Moore one was out yet. So this is more like the spooky man in the swamp thing. But wait, so wait, hang on. Wes Craven made a Swamp Thing movie after Alan Moore had been working on Swamp Thing? It came out in 1982, I think. I don't know when Alan oh, Moore so worked no. on Swamp Thing. So no, it was before that. So. Yeah, so it's more like the 50s, like pulpy thing than the alan moore heady one well hang on maybe yep swamp thing was 1982 yeah see i know that because i know my west craven so of like the 80s slasher guys like the ones i've listed off already like who's your who's your favorite alan moore was alan moore was before that sorry you're good (laughs) alan moore was like sorry i didn't mean to like just cut you off there alan moore was in 1972 so oh shit i didn't even think it was that early was so Wes Craven like saw what Halloween did and made this movie, and then Wes Craven saw what Swamp Thing did and made a Swamp Thing movie. Wes Craven can kind of fuck off a little bit, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, he's not the most original guy. So okay, but Scream. Well, Scream is the same thing. But Scream though. But Scream is very but good. But it's its own thing because and, and it's the like... same thing with The Hills of Eyes too. Yeah. The Hills of Eyes is a ripoff of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, but like. Okay, sorry. We'll stop the Wes Craven conversation. Uh, no, he could suck a dick. What was the question? <laughs> Who's your favorite 80s uh, horror villain of the ones we've listed? Just rapid fire. For me, uh, Michael, number one. 
Jason number two, ghost face from the Scream movies number three, and then <laughs> fucking wall of shit, Freddy Krueger. Oof. Uh, I'm not going to rank them, but uh, I, yeah, I put Freddy at the top of my list. I just think he's Ooh. the coolest one. Like, I don't like the movies, but like, I think he's a really cool character. Fuck it. You know what we should do? We should rip off Wes Craven because that because we could do everything that that better. We could do it better. We can make scary movie again. Scary movie okay. again. There's been like five scary movies, my guy. Yeah. I'm aware of that. <laughs> Julia, I've seen most you, of them. How do you feel about these shitty characters? Which one would you put as your favorite? They are shitty. Michael. Michael's the scariest to me. I feel like the the no motive and the i don't know i've just always found that one to be the coolest michael's just scarier jason and if i could put leatherface on there i'd actually put leatherface at number two do you, is does predator go on this list i wouldn't no. say i wouldn't say predator, predator or goes on the list then alien no. goes on the list then batman goes on the list then wolverine Predator's goes on the list we're just gonna rank every single fictional character ever Number so one, Terminator number Nemo. One. <laughs> Magneto. So what I want to do is we'll we'll kind of finish up with Nightmare on Elm Street right now, and then I kind of want to talk about like the horror genre we just finished up and kind of do like a like a little quick conclusion of that. So out of ten awesome. uh, finger knives, uh, how many how many finger knives do you give it, Mitchell? Two. I yikes. Okay, Julia. I'm gonna give it a. F- Four because I did laugh the second time around. Um, I will give it five finger knives, one hand of finger knives, because I do think that it's there are, are moments where it's good and then there are moments where it's silly as hell. Uh, Sam, you have the final word and you are the master and the commander of the ship. I'm gonna give it yeah I'm I'm gonna give it a, a solid five finger knives because I think it's fucking hilarious that the mom never smokes uh, and she just has bottles of vodka everywhere. I think Freddy's a good character and the Johnny Depp midriff shirt really confuses me. I think this movie gives you a lot to rip apart. Before we leave this uh, world of whatever, um, we need to talk about the ending real quick. My, I really want to talk about the mom. That but, might be yeah. Yeah, yeah, all that liquor coming from. I have a mom final thought too because why did she participate in the murder of this dude? She didn't even have a kid in the stakes. She literally said, well, oh, she- like 10 years ago, her kid was like maybe three and it didn't get, like she wasn't even a target and she was like, yeah, mommy killed him, sweetie. I burned him alive. I had no stakes in the game. I just burned a man alive for shits and giggles and kept his fucking glove as a trophy. The scenes between the daughter and the mom were like, oh, like so rich. Like every time you were like, wow, I'm so, why did I pay attention to that? But like, you can't look away, you know, like <laughs> you They're can't so like, you're like, how, how much worse can it get? And then she leaves, like, the daughter leaves and, like, goes and makes that, like, weird skunky face somewhere else and then comes back. (laughs) Yes, exactly. She comes back. And then another scene with her mom happens. And her mom has a new fresh bottle, like, a whole bottle of vodka. When she pulled that bottle of vodka out of the linen closet, I absolutely lost it. I love it. I think their dynamic was the most iconic in the whole movie. And and the drinking thing wasn't even a factor until, like, 45 minutes into the movie. No, it was just 
just a thing. They're like, we need to give You're an alcoholic, mom. We need like, to, what? We need to give this mom a personality trait of some sort. Mm, alcoholism. Use this same bottle of vodka for every shot, even after the daughter smashes it. Same bottle. She, just do it. She also never smokes. She she There's like two or three scenes where she has a cigarette. You never see her smoking it. She just always has it in her mouth. But like she has it in her mouth at the beginning of the scene and then never like never either never lights it or like you're just supposed to think that it's like happening all off camera it's it's amazing um she gives me major like jillian anderson and hannibal vibes when she's like drugged up glassy-eyed specifically about the ending so is that is that her dream again or is that did that really happen that's a dream everything was a dream this movie I think that's never one happened. of like the weirder things about this movie, where it's like it'll. It doesn't like, play by the movie's rules. Like it sets up these rules, right? And then, yeah. well, kind of, but like I still can never tell. Like at the beginning of the dream, like when it's a dream. You know what I mean? I think the fog gives away that it's a dream. That's my, that's my only thing. He gets like vaporized by her not believing in him, which is one of the dumber ways I've ever seen a villain get beaten. But that's neither here nor there. So we're, we're led to believe that he's been defeated. And then she goes outside and she gets in the car and the car is what him in a dream. I don't even know what happened there. So did everyone actually did die and that was her dream trying to be happy, but also a nightmare. I, I genuinely don't understand what happened there and by the stun well, so silence. I think he, yeah, he didn't die. Right. I guess that's the thing. Like when he like kind of goes and like falls into the nothing void. I guess that didn't happen. But then she somehow goes from being awake to being immediately asleep again. Yeah, and then she's standing on the porch with her mom, and her mom's like, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. And everyone's like, bullshit. This is a dream. That's not fucking real. Well, and, like, then all her friends are in, in the car and, like, hanging out and being like, oh, we're alive again. And then it's like, oh, they're all scared when the when the top pops up. Or, and is like covers I, the car and it's a Freddy Krueger movie. There's a lot of things that we didn't even touch about. Like this movie's kind of misogynistic. It's really like sex negative. Yeah, is all the kids fucking each other were like they literally said, "Oh, I'm 15." Yeah, dude, it's literally a plot point in Scream where in one of the most iconic lines, like if you have sex, you die in a horror movie. The same that guy. Ending just is like so totally bizarre to me but i don't think i, that's I have something that can be answered. I, act, I actually have an answer for the sex negativity so wes craven grew up in a super strict uh religious household and he had not seen a movie till he was 22 so that is why he is so fucking like weird about the sex and stuff in all of his movies because last house on the left is about gangbang the hills of eyes is about weird rape in bed people cannibals cannibals yeah. Uh, yes, cannibalists, the rape inbreeders. Yeah, you know how the hills have eyes. Uh, no, I've never seen that. I don't like Wes Craven. That that whole set piece at the end, just, I mean, I was cool with the movie up until that point. I was like, okay, this kind of <laughs> makes sense. Like, I get the rules. The world is established. Like, you know, if you wake up in the dream and he's on you, he comes in the real world or whatever. And then that happened, and I was like, so <laughs> what the fuck was that all about? Well, she brought his hat out, and that was how she figured it out. Yeah, the whole they even established they like eased you into the oh you can you can pull him out of the dream and I was like sure fine I guess that works and then the you just gotta not believe in him and he disappears and he turns into these little twinkly neon lights and just poof he literally yeah got no the ending is extremely blue, upsetting like light right he got vaporized 
And then the next time we see him, he's in the dream again. So I guess that's like his way of being like, oh, I'm still here, but I don't fucking know. Well, no, the next time we see him, he's a car, right? Yeah. yeah. How Does he turn it's into the car? The he is he is a car. <laughs> is he possessed? Oh, my God. We didn't even talk dream. about when he grabs the mom through the window, and she's obviously just a, a dummy where the, the legs are even attached no, no, together. No, no, I think no, no. it was one she's of those life-size Barbies. That was a blow-up doll that they pulled yeah. through Exactly. The <laughs> and it was just a stiff board that they pulled through like a four inch by four inch square window oh my god i laughed so hard i almost peed my pants at that part that was probably my favorite part of the movie actually Wasn't i take it, it back the i love the ending <laughs> the mom getting pulled through the door is the absolute best part of this Boy. movie and you know what fuck also, it i give it a six now inside? that was <laughs> in the part where she from having someone on fire lay on top of her for about five seconds got completely incinerated was also yeah. very weird. Right, and then the falls into the bed thing. Yep. And then he thing. comes back out again. Like, what? It, it, this this really is all about Wes Craven's inability to have sex with people because, like, the bed is all fucked up, the sexuality's all fucked up. Also, like, Johnny Depp, like, in his midriff kind of cute gay boy shirt... And then, like, he falls into, like, basically what is, like, like a blood hole. So, like... Yeah, blood <laughs> fountain. I think there's that much blood in a human body, honestly. That was, like, no. 15 cows worth. It was, like, The Shining, but way dumber. <laughs> Anyways. The dumbing. I guess that was my final thought. Does anyone else want to have one before we move on from this tale of horror? I do. I have a theory. I think oh, Freddy Krueger is Alan Dershowitz. Okay, I'm not going to let you go any further with that, so why don't you just hang out? All right, so that was uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Anyways, let's talk about the horror genre and what we witnessed kind of... So what we, we saw Blair Witch Project, Suspiria, Annihilation, Color Out of Space, and Five Nights at Freddy's. Or Nightmare on Elm Street. I meant to do that. So I think we kind of hit like every major like survival horror... There was some body horror, some psychological horror, whatever the fuck Annihilation was supposed to be, and then the slasher. Yeah, I don't think that movie counts as horror. <laughs> um, I was, I, it got approved, so fuck you guys too. It's a science fiction horror, let's say. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite, so real quick, just like, let's keep it short and sweet. What is your favorite type of horror? So quick lightning round, Mitchell. Like 80s trashy, like splatter films. Okay, Julia. I don't things that actually make me feel fear. We, we'll we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Sam. So environmental documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> Sam. Uh, ghost movies all the way, like ghosts, demons, that shit. Okay, I would say like psychological stuff that like sticks with you after you've watched it, kind of makes you think about it later. Like Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, like uh, mind fuck, but also kind of scary. Yeah, I think I think the the realistic ones are the ones that fuck me up the worst. So I kind of like when they're more semi-realistic. I think I think I would agree psychological horrors okay. are. Okay. So then like the second part of that question is like maybe one part of Color Out of Space kind of messed with me, but like did any of these movies scare you? If so, what scared you and what what do you think that says about yourself? I think we're going to get a little bit emotional here. Julia, why don't you go first? Put you on the spot. Don't be afraid. Take I'm trying mind. to think of what scared me the most. If you want, if you want time to think about it, I can, I can try. Like I need more time to think about it. I'm going to say something do you stupid. Pass? Okay. Uh, yes. We'll come back to you. Uh, Sam, you want to go? I don't think. Okay. So the Blair Witch, 
not scary. Annihilation is very not scary. Suspiria is not scary. Color Out of Space, that's... The, the end of it is the thing that, like, hurts my mind the most. But, like, it wasn't scary. It was just kind of cool to, like, see it represented. Because, like, the only thing I'm afraid of is, like, me having a mental illness and nobody telling me about it. Like, I have this, like, recurring kind of crazy fear that I have Tourette's and nobody's saying anything. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> like... Uh, and that's like like chronic and like very involved in my brain and like so like the going insane and kind of losing your mind thing from color out of space is very scary to me which is why like demonic possession and like ghosts kind of oh, the spooky stuff is like also scary to me none of these movies were particularly scary because color out of space didn't execute that well okay uh, I thought of an answer yeah go ahead okay so I think the scariest thing for me, it was in a couple of them, is not being able to communicate what's actually happening to you or not being believed about it. And so the first example I thought of was actually in this movie when the dad just doesn't give a fuck. He's like investigating over at the boyfriend's house and he's like, okay, sweetie, it's fine. And she's like actively like getting murdered. His wife dies in this process and he still like kind of doesn't really give a shit about what's happening except to like close the door and hug her. I just that to me is the scariest because not being able to communicate what's happening i don't know i think that that's just like probably what's nick cage and color out of space and the dad in this movie had a lot in common yeah yeah and in color out of space too like it was very isolated to that one family and nobody really saw what was going on until the very very end yeah i don't even think the producers knew what was going on (laughs) um yeah and even then who knows like where that sits in history and if anyone will ever really know what happened there i think that's my biggest fear is like something truly awful happens and people just think you lost it or or that or that it didn't happen at all uh yeah that's so i mean kind of connected there um Mitchell, you want to go next? I watch a lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> I think that, I think most people can attest to that. I've seen some weird stuff. And I, a lot of these movies that I found creepy, um, there was only two bits where I was like genuinely unsettled or like spooked. And it's the Olga dance scene in Suspiria. And then when Sarah sees Pat Hingle <laughs> in the basement of the dance academy and that like leg creature comes out from behind her. And you just kind of see it. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Oh, God. What, what do you think that says about you? <laughs> uh, the human body terrifies me. The body terror <laughs> is like you're scary. Thing. That's why Cronenberg movies are the ones that freak me out the most, man. Videodrome fucked me up. Okay. Well, but the Cronenberg in, in Color Out of Space didn't. That one, that one felt much more like, like, I don't know, like silly. Yeah, it felt like a pale reflection. Yeah, yeah that was, something that, that was it was scary. a goofy ass moment for sure. Yeah, yeah, it it wasn't as impactful as like the way it moved though still really bothers me. Yeah, like, no, that was and the mother son thing was the thing that bothered me too the most about that movie because that thing freaked me out. I guess so. Two things. I know I have like a fear of loss. Just every time I watch up that fucking part at the beginning, I like had it on the other day and I like had to step out of the room. The part in Color Out of Space where he has to shoot his wife really bothered me. The callousness of it. 
just watching his son die that way was pretty awful. I wasn't really scared. It was just, it made me very upset. It didn't make me upset in this, this last movie though. Cause like the, the dad just fucking does not care when the wife dies. He's just like, eh, oh well, she's gone. My bitch of an ex-wife. And then I think the second thing that kind of scares me is like, it's not a fear of the unknown. It's like the fear of the alien almost. And I thought the part in Color Out of Space where it shows the Nahilotep or whatever the hell that thing is, the the eldritch being, I thought that was pretty good. I, I wish there was more of that, actually, because I think that there was a lot of promise in that movie and it kind of just didn't deliver on it. But anyways, and then in Annihilation, the, the part at the end, I wasn't scared, but again, kind of just like it was a little creepy with the alien. So yeah, that, that's kind of what freaks me out. Um, no, that's who you are. We got to find out about you. That's so special. Any any like connections now. between all of these movies? Like any anything that you got like as a as a big picture thing? Just like quickly. Uh, Sam, I think ahead. that uh, I learned a lot. Like from as somebody who just I mean, this is the reason why I picked this, which is because I love horror and like I think it's really interesting to like know like what everyone is you know, kind of afraid about and like, where does that lie inside of you? And like, what does that mean about uh, your own psyche? Cause that's really what it comes down to. It's like, it's, it's very personal. Um, uh, it's very specific to an individual, but it's, there are also universal themes here that we all can be like, yes, that is scary. Yes. I don't like that. Yes. This is uh, like kind of applicable on a, on a broad yet also very specific scale. So I think that like the, the thing that I really loved about, doing this last uh what what was it like five weeks that we've done this Mm -hmm. like there's so much in horror to like unpack um about like what we find scary and what does that mean about us and i think this conversation just kind of perfectly nailed it every everybody pulls something out of a movie like that a little differently like i saw something in color out of space that maybe none of you have seen yet but will see in your lifetime probably where you are in your life maybe i don't know uh julia you got anything i feel like the biggest thing i noticed that all of these movies had in common was body horror of some sort i think that that's something am i wrong was there one that didn't mm, i wouldn't say blair i mean if you count the blair witch had the tongue in the oh yeah, the tongue. blair witch but there was a thread of it at the very <laughs> I don't know. Well, Blair I feel Witch like is that a was very, one of the very unique movie in the horror genre, yeah. I think. Well, it was. Yeah. It was. Not really anymore, but it was. I would say like of the movies that we watched, it was definitely the most unique. Yeah. So I was thinking that was a a pretty common theme and I I struggled to find other examples where of like horror movies I consider good or not that don't have it at all. And so I think that that kind of speaks to the fact that that's something that makes everybody uncomfortable. And even, even when you have an understanding of like the effects that are being used or the makeup behind it, like it's still unsettling. Even if I sit there and I pick it apart cause I love special effects makeup and I'm like, Oh, I can see that prosthetic or I, they used the shitty kind of blood. And at the same time, I'm like still genuinely unsettled by it. And I don't know. I thought it was cool to see that in so many different lenses mm-hmm. among five of these different movies. Uh, Mitchy, Mitch, Mitch. No, he shrugs. Coming from like an analytical perspective is definitely 
weird for a horror movie. I never have tried to like break it down. It's kind of just like an emotional thing. One thing I've noticed is that when you pluck something like this out of time into modern sensibilities and like what we know about all of these characters, like there's been 50 remakes of these things and, and remakes and sequels and prequels and whatever they, they lose their, their touch. And I think that happened a couple times here. Suspiria, not so much. I mean, I guess that is a remake technically. I think the main thing I I've learned is that Blair Witch, probably very scary in its own time. Nightmare on Elm Street, probably scary in its own time. Annihilation probably doesn't fit into this <laughs> point that it's I'm just making. It's awful. It's just a bad movie. It's not. It's, it's... So basically, I guess what I'm saying is what I just said about the fear of the unknown. If you go into a movie like this knowing what to expect, I think it's a little less scary. Maybe a lot less scary, actually, because I've seen Blair Witch before and I was not scared this time. And I've seen I haven't seen Friday the 13th, but I've seen Halloween and that's scarier than this. I've I've tried to. I, so my whole thing about like not knowing is like if I'm scared by something I don't know, I'll go like research it and I'll get down the rabbit hole and like I got to figure it out. And like none of these really did that. The only one that did do that was Annihilation. And that's because I was genuinely confused by the ending, which I will say is something that made me go look it up. So, you know, that did have something going for it, I guess. But the rest of them, I was kind of like, okay, well, I knew, I knew, I know Freddy Krueger. I know the Blair Witch. I know most of this shit. So I'm not that concerned about it. And none of it was new. And I think that's what was scary to me personally is like the newness and not knowing what was going to happen in Color Out of Space and it happening and it scared me. I think that has, I think that has a, an effect, knowing what you're getting into and not knowing what you're getting into. So in terms of horror, I think that makes a big difference. I guess that's my kind of big picture takeaway. I guess we're moving on to a new genre. Um, Mitchell, I think it's your, your turn. Yeah, so... My original idea was shot down for being too dark. Fuck you. Well, we all have wives. Yep, specifically. I Specifically, I have two wives, and their names are Sam and Julia, and they both nag me. Really? One nags me about trailers, the other nags me about everything else. My bitch I, wives. Whoa, I, wait, hang on. I nag you about trailers for sure, but I also nag you about other stuff too. I, I don't want that to like go to waste. I, I really do try to bother you as much as i can you nag me about cats and goats <laughs> julia no matter what he says i i still love you thank you're you an, i you're appreciate an integral it part of this team i love you too we we all get to nag mitchell like from different angles that's i try yeah, to approach important. it as like not passive aggressive but like i try to be nice but also like demand things at the same time that's kind of my way of dealing with him let's talk yeah. about how like to- let's talk about mitchell just specifically my original idea was shot down by my loving and supporting family and girlfriend. There you go. Uh, I didn't shut it down. Scott shut it down because he has kids. I sh- it's not like I they're sh- watching okay, them with let him. Let the record show. I shut Sorry, it down. Wait, what was the category? The yeah, let down? the record show Mitchell fucking blamed me for something that was partially my idea. Anyways. Okay. The genre is detective movies. Okay, thank you. Yeah, but what was the genre that like you that everyone was like, go fuck yourself? Serial killers. Right. <laughs> It would be serial killer movies. Um, so 
for our first detective movie, I'm going to be nominating the uh, very underappreciated Michael Mann movie, Manhunter. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about it, so that excites me. I've never seen Based it. Based off a of Red Dragon, so you know a little bit about it. Okay. All right. So we'll uh, we'll do some manhunting next week. Who knows? But this has been Dark All Malboy Movie Podcast. I don't think you're oh, allowed to do also, that, Sam. It's all been so paranormal and also fun. I'm allowed to do this because it was my week. So <laughs> my five weeks. So, uh, all right. All right. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go harder than that you gotta go much harder than that uh, it's been talking about my movie podcast uh, you're welcome for like spooking you out and uh, Vincent Price is dead uh, HP Lovecraft totally sounded like that also dead Cancel. Uh, welcome to uh, all of the shadows that you now think are ghosts my name is Sam I am Scott that was strong that was very strong yes I was Mitchell Oh, I didn't hear Scott say bye. I'm Julia. Uh, I've been Julia. I said it, but I'm also Scott, and that was very strong. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's time for Freddy. See, I'm a popular guy. If you don't know yet, you're gonna find out why. Man, fuck! Please put it on street late one night. I look like I don't stand. No one in sight. With a hat like a vagabond. Dinner like a flasher. Just a big time. Fred Kruger. Team Crusher. Try to find a girl. The city is fancy. Not once, not twice, but three times fancy. All the people sleeping. Snoozing and dreaming. Fred Kruger's on the corner of Elm Street steaming. Huh, demand a wake up. Well, it's too big. Because the blaze of Even if-